We're talking to Donna today, a library media specialist, and she's going to talk about how to make those kids enjoy their books and encourage us all, whether we be substitute teachers or teachers, how much fun it is to participate in the library. Kids, put down your bookmarks and let us know who we are. All right, let me remind you, you can contact me at gregcollinsubstitute at gmail.com. We have our Facebook page, also called Substitute Teachers Lounge. You can also watch the video version of this, the raw video version, at the Substitute Teachers Lounge YouTube page. And my Twitter account is at Subteach Lounge. And let me remind you, too, coming up this week, there's going to be an exclusive discussion with the host, Josh Mankiewicz about a podcast for Motive for Murder. I will get to help participate in hosting that. It's a new podcast social network that's on Good Pods is the new network. So make sure you listen to that as well. In fact, you can actually post your uh, questions by going to Good Pods, looking up Motive for Murder, clicking the discussion tab, and posting your questions there. Today we have Donna. She is a library media specialist, and I'm looking forward to this. Donna, I haven't told you yet, but I have substitute taught, I'll say it this way, been scheduled to substitute teach in the library four times now. I'll tell you how that how that uh, went, but how are you doing today? I'm great. Good. I'm actually good. Uh, working in the library. Uh, librarians have- oh, cool. A lot of us have extended days, so I've right. been shelving books and trying to pull out ones that need to be repaired and just ready for the summer to start. Well, you're, you're already touching a little bit on some of the questions I was going to ask. What is a typical day for a... Let, now, let's get away from all this coronavirus and un, unusual situations. What's a typical day for a library media specialist? Uh, well, it's usually based upon uh, what the related arts schedule for an elementary, a related arts schedule, which is where the kids go to PE, music, art, uh, library. Sometimes there's a computer lab, STEAM labs. There are different things in different schools that they'll rotate through for okay. a homeroom teacher's planning period. Um, so here at my school, I'll have each grade level, a class, uh, one period during the day. So our, our classes are 60 minutes. Um, some are shorter, some are longer at different schools. So, so since My, you're in an elementary school, is it all the way down to kindergarten? Um, our, we have a kindergarten academy in That's our district. Right. I remember that. For name. our school. Um, but typically, elementaries would have kindergarten through um, fifth grade, sixth grade, depending on their levels. Okay. Well, let's back up a little bit. Take us a little, like, do a little, this is your life. What, what was your education process that brought you all the way to your career today? Okay. Well, um, I started out and I was going to be an interior design major in college. Okay. I liked it, but mm, it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. 
kind of evolved um, and took a sabbatical from college, I called it. Um, Got it. And worked in uh, an elementary school as a paraeducator and decided, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and finish up and got my elementary ed degree in um, 1999 at Eastern Kentucky University. Okay. And got a job at um, Brea Community here in uh, Madison County. Had that job for a year and then uh, went to Kirksville Elementary and taught second grade for six years. And then in 2006, um, the librarian job came open at Daniel Boone, where I'm the librarian. And that happened to be the elementary school that I attended. So this oh, has good. been pretty cool. I've come, come back to my home, as I call it, <laughs> and um, have been the librarian here for 14 years. So okay. those library jobs are few and far between. Usually, you know, when somebody retires from it, they've been in the job 20 years or more. True. So, Well, let me ask you this, since we're going to have some substitute teachers listening to this. First of all, you can answer both the questions. Okay. What do you look for when you look for a substitute teacher? Because you're going to be gone someday. And what would you advise substitute teachers to be prepared for when they're substituting in your area? Um, well, one thing I look at, if, um, if I know the substitute that's coming, I want to make sure that they know how to use my circulation system right. and checking in and out books. Um, a lot of times, if it were to be an emergency and I don't know who the sub's going to be, that is usually something that I just take off the plate because there is nothing worse than getting a bunch of books scanned in the wrong way and scanned out the wrong way. And <laughs> that just becomes kind of an um, inventory nightmare. Um, so if I do know the person that's going to be subbing for me, sometimes I'll say, do you have a chance to, if it's a sub job that I'm preparing for maybe a couple of weeks away, I'll say, if you have time, come in and I'll show you how to run that system. Um, it's not real hard. It's just getting logged in and scanning the right things, um, the right barcodes, because there's the, we call it the Walmart barcode that's on the book. Right. <laughs> and right. then the circulation <laughs> barcode. Um and somebody who's not afraid to use technology, you know, uh, there are lots of things that uh, we use now that are technology based, but um, also somebody that enjoys kids. And this is an atmosphere that there's a lot of freedom to um, talk and chat and uh get to, you know, build relationships with kids um, right. and what they like to read and kind of knowing a little bit about literature too, you know, right. who popular kid authors are, or even, you know, if you're high school, you know, things that even adults like to read if you're in the middle or high school level, you know, so. Right. You know, I've been scheduled to sub four times and I say it purposely that way because only one time of those four did I end up in the library? The very first time, the uh, guy was going to a workshop, and he actually, he said, do you want to learn the system? And he taught it to me before 
uh, he left. So I was kind of proud of that because then I knew I, I could do it at the other libraries because I think all of them in that county use the same system, don't they? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. So the second time they pulled me out of the library because a sub had walked off the job. So I ended up being a fourth grade teacher that day and they closed the library. Then both of the other two times were at the same school. And I told him, I said, now I know how to run that system. I said, oh, we'd rather you be over here. They closed that library. So <laughs> I, I kind of was disappointed because do you feel like it's harder to get a sub for your area? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's why when I see it, I, I kind of like to jump on it because you see more kids a cross section of more kids in the library than just about anywhere you can be. And sometimes there's classes in there or scheduled entire classes come in to maybe assemble some things with some kits that might be in the library or they're checking out library books. So I think it's fun. I would encourage anybody out there who doesn't try, who hasn't tried substituting in that area to, to give it a shot. Now, let me embarrass you a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. I know doing my show prep that last month, you won the Intellectual Freedom Award. Well, you got to tell us what that's all about. Um, well, in the fall of 2018, I had a student who returned a book to their homeroom teacher uh, with some little sticky notes on it uh, from their parent, uh, disapproving of a book and wanting the book to be pulled from the library shelves. Okay. Well, um, our school district has a policy on how getting a book removed, um, the steps you have to follow. So I sent home paperwork um, to the parent. And a lot of times when you send home the paperwork, it never, the follow through on the parents end does not happen occasionally. Um, And, but this time they did, which was, you know, perfectly fine with me. Uh, We assembled a um, committee to uh, everyone had to read the book and form their own opinions without knowledge of what the, parent complaint really was and uh, we followed all our district steps and procedures and um, decided that uh, all students have the right to read materials and that parents also they have the right to say no my child's not going to read um, sure this author and that's fine too Uh, that's a parent's right Um, but the book was, uh, if I ran the zoo by Dr. Seuss and at the time there was some, um, national, uh, stuff going on with different things that Dr. Seuss had done and how they were not politically correct, uh, in today's time, uh, talking about different races of people and some of that. Uh, is in the book uh, how he depicts different animals and people and races. And I, you know, you also have, to, it was an award-winning book. It was a call mm-hmm. to caught, um 
it wasn't the win. It was the honor book um, that year um, for his illustrations. So, you know, it, it not only would have affected my school, then it would have affected all the schools in the county. Right. Because of uh, the way our uh, documents were written. But um, the parent was fine with our, our recommendation okay. uh, of what okay. we were going to do. And we had full support of our, from our principal and superintendent. And um, in the fall of 2019, I was awarded the Kentucky uh, Library Association's Intellectual Freedom Award. And Good. then um, some of my fellow librarians nominated me for the American Association of School Librarians. National Intellectual Freedom Award, which I was awarded uh, last month, or well, nice. It was right as our COVID uh, quarantine started, and sadly, I won't get to go to uh, Chicago to get the award. I saw that in in the article. As in past years, so we'll have some kind of virtual uh, award ceremony later this fall when we can convene together, but. It won't be on a national stage, but oh well. Well, good, good for you. I mean, feel proud for that. That's oh, that's yeah. a great that's a great story. And by the way, those of you that are watching this, as opposed to just listening to this, she's in the library. You can see her working right now. So here we are on May twenty eighth, and we've been uh, the school's been out around here since March thirteenth. And she still has work to do. So are, do you work a lot during the summer break in a normal year anyway? Um, in a normal year, well, we I have 18 days extended employment to be okay. able to do ordering and uh, inventory and shelving and book repair. Um, there's all kinds of stuff to do. And, and now there's okay. more technology side to it and, you know, building – virtual classrooms and virtual right, libraries. Right. So. I like to read. I'm a Kindle reader. I guess that makes me a lazy reader. I'll, I'll get through about 25 books this year. And I'm one of those weird person. I like to read three at a time. So oh. I'll read a chapter of one, a chapter of another and a chapter of another. But I think it's a lot of fun. I've come across all kinds of students who are just what's the word voracious readers that doesn't sound like the right word you all know what I mean if it's yeah. not multiple books a year a lot of a lot of teachers of course will keep charts on their wall to keep track of how many books they've read I've seen students that you know we might have a kahoot competition going on and they're playing kahoot and winning with one hand and holding a book and reading between questions with the other <laughs> so that's pretty impressive let yeah. me ask you this I know you occasionally come across students, and this might be more for their actual in-classroom teacher, but when you come across a student that's just not as excited about reading as some of the others, what advice would you have to give them? Or maybe what book would you recommend to them? I always try and find something that they're interested in. Um, good, good, you know, good deal. I mean, some kids are not your fiction book chapter book kind of kid they want to read about animals and they want to read about you know their sports heroes and that kind of stuff i i really try and find out what their interest is okay and um then kind of go from there okay Um, 
And then sometimes, you know, you get, you get them into reading about, uh, you know, their sports heroes. And then you find a fiction book that's about, you know, a baseball player that good. You know, is having a hard time or, you know. So. Good, good. Would you have any idea what book at your location seems to be among the kids' favorites? Well, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series is always off the shelf. And um, the I Survived series is another okay. one that okay. you cannot keep in the library. Um, Piggy and Elephant by Mo Will- Willems. Uh, okay. The little kids love those characters. I don't know. what. A lot of times, whatever I put on display starts going through. Smart. You know, they keep trading it around. And I I have, um, you know, I see kids every day of the week. And if books start circulating through one homeroom, sometimes it happens that I, I have to pull those books and say, I need to let my Thursday classes see these books because Good. they're never going to get out of your homeroom. <laughs> if you just keep changing them back and forth through, you know, uh, Johnny wants it this week and then Sally gets it next week and it just keeps trickling through that one home room. So sometimes I have to pull all the books and say, no, we're going to have to let another, (laughs) another day of the week get a chance to check out these books. Good, good. And you know, to be honest, I recognize those titles and I've, I just, sub in middle school and high school and i've seen those books on desk there too so those are those are definitely popular let me ask you this i know you see so many kids do you have any good library stories maybe something that happened in the library or maybe a learning experience or any funny funny story anything along those lines that you can think of look at me putting you on the spot here yeah you've put me on the spot um, <laughs> well it's always fun when a kid finally well the little kids especially when they come up and say i can read all the words in this book oh that's I know good. all the words or sometimes they'll say i've wanted to check out this book all my life you know and they're they're seven years old, you know? Right, right. Um, oh, it's always good when they come in and they say, my mom and or mom and dad or one of their parents, we read this book last night, um, you know, just to get some family involvement together. Um, our library has changed a little bit. Uh, it's not all books. Uh, we do have um, Makerspace. And the kids, uh, that sometimes rotates in and out. And it's Legos and Lincoln Logs and puzzles and things that they can, origami and things they can make. They love to show, you know, their creations. And will you take a picture of this? Um, Will you put it on the Facebook page? Or can this be in the yearbook? You know, those types of things um, are fun. Well, you did well with that question. I mean, I learned a lot there myself. What's the little, I know some of the middle school libraries that I've been in have, you know, and I've been to their libraries both as substituting for the the media specialist that day, or perhaps 
being assigned to take a class to the library. So I know one of their most favorite things to work with is this the system that it's got batteries in it and they can create like fans that spin and uh, um, it's it's almost like a circuit, like a circuit oh, board um, type series. I can't remember the name of it either, so don't don't worry about it. Are they little bits? <laughs> Really small, maybe maybe not yeah. appropriate for elementary school age kids. I, now that I think now we, about we it, we have we have some snap circuits and that's what it is. Little snap bits. circuits, mm-hmm. and yeah, the kids love to make marble runs and. Uh, oh, I love that! Yeah. I'm 62 and I oh, love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> we we have a program at school called uh, Watchdogs, which it's um, okay dads that come in and work with the kids and oh good good um, kind of you know they they'll help in the classrooms and a lot of times um the kids will want them to come to their related arts class and so the dads they love it when i have out the makerspace stuff and they can build with the lincoln logs or the legos and they'll tell the kids i had these when i was little you know <laughs> right right that's pretty cool you said you'd been a library media specialist since, was it 2006? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, 14 um, years ago. What have you seen changed in the last 14 years in the library? Um, well, we've added ebooks, and okay. well, the, the makerspace uh, has come along in this 14 years, uh, probably okay. in the past four to five years, that's really taken off. I don't know. There, there's more variety of books, right? And levels. Um, really, I know when I started, it was hard to get um, good quality nonfiction that was on, you know, that kindergarten, first grade, the little kids level. Because a lot of that times, would be tough. Nonfiction is hard, harder to read, right? Um, you know, just more because of the terminology um, that's used in it. Um, and that has come a long way. There's a lot of quality nonfiction now for little bitties, as I call it. Right, right. When you read, what's your favorite genre to mm. read? Well, I like historical fiction. Um, okay. I like, I like biographies. I like to read about, you know, people that... I have some kind of interest about those are those are kind of two of the you know main let me ones make a suggestion let me make a suggestion to you since you okay. mentioned historical fiction mm-hmm. and this also has a thriller element to it and a science fiction element to it okay uh, one of stephen king's books is called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Mm-hmm. and it's it's a fictional ac- account of the assassination of president kennedy and I loved it to the point that I even bought the uh, miniseries because they made it. He wrote the screenplay as well for the miniseries. And I really like that. If you ever, if you ever read books like that, give that one mm-hmm. a shot. It's a big book as most of Stephen King's books are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a big book, but I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, I couldn't wait to get through as much of it as I could. All right. Well, I can tell I've enjoyed this interview because we're about out of time. What closing thoughts would you have for those that might consider being a substitute teacher or or even a teacher if they want to go into this area themselves as a career? What's a final few words of advice that you'd give them? 
Well, if you're going to be a substitute, I'll always maybe have something prepared that, you know, whether it be a book that you really enjoy to read to kids, because uh, you might happen upon, you know, it's an emergency situation right? and there really aren't any plans left for you. And the other teachers in the grade level may be able to kind of help you along with what you might do for the day, but um, have something that you could prepare that you is kind of always in your back pocket, you know? Gotcha. Um, uh, as far as going into education, uh, you got to have a love for, you know, kids, no you know, doubt. and nurturing them and, um, you know, sometimes we we are the parental figure, you know, that yes. they have the stable parental figure that we ha- they have. Um, so just, you know, giving them love. And, I like it. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Donna, it has been great. I hope to talk to you again soon and we'll see you when the school year gets back in session. All right. All right. Sounds talk good. to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Music provided by Ben Sound.